The Light FM presents Community Spotlight, a program designed to focus on what's important to you in your community. Now here's Braxton with today's Community Spotlight. All right, thanks for stopping by. I'm your host, Braxton Critcher on the Light FM's Community Spotlight podcast. All that's happened in 2020, I don't think anybody could have foresaw, and especially after an election, we're, we're looking at something totally different. We're going to change the landscape, change the conversation, and turn it to what matters most, salvation, the free gift of life eternal from God the Father through His Son, Jesus Christ. And especially today, we're going to talk to Michael Clark. He's the founder of Ananias Foundation. We're going to, we're going to talk about salvation, but more specifically today, uh, how to turn to the Father after a past where maybe there's domestic violence or drug abuse or a, a past that you know you might be saying, how could God forgive me? We're going to learn that that's not the case. In fact, that's the very question that Michael is here to help us answer today. Michael, welcome. Thanks for being here, taking some time out of your day to be a part of the program. Braxton, thank you so much for having me. So I want to—I uh, want you to share your story for a minute, Michael. So uh, you were saved later in life. You—you um, you have a story, an abusive past with your first wife, and two stints in jail. All of that to say. The Lord was working in your heart through it all, and he brought you to a saving faith. And I, I'm curious, what was it that finally opened your eyes and you saw Jesus for who he really is? You know, it's a it's a great question. And like you said, just as a little way of background, 15 years ago, I was arrested twice for acts of domestic violence against my wife. And I, I knew what I was doing was wrong. I knew it was not the person I wanted to be. And yet I continued to find myself in those situations where I was doing that. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the consequences for that are significant. Um, as you mentioned, I went to jail twice. Uh, my wife moved out. And so it was a really dark um terrible hole that I'd put myself in. And I really think that, um, that was a great catalyst. And, you know, you talked about God working in the background, you know, this is God working in the background, um, culminating in, in me finding myself in that really low spot and eventually giving up on me giving up on, you know, what I wanted or what I thought I needed to do and really just turning to him and saying, okay, God, I give up. Um, I've completely made a mess out of my life. And um, so I'm ready to have you drive the bus. And so it was really, unfortunately, finding myself at rock bottom that uh, caused me to surrender and to look to God for, um, a different direction. And that's when, you know, I really experienced uh, the Holy Spirit and experienced uh, his love and grace. And things really started to turn around for me at that point. Had you been in church uh, for most of your life or how familiar familiar were you with, you know, the Lord and, and his salvation? Yeah, the, I, 
was what I would call an occasional attender of church, you know, uh, grew up going to Sunday school, uh, but not church all the time. And then as an adult, um, again, on again, off again, going to church. And it really wasn't until uh, I was arrested, I was not able to see my wife um, at that time, except she said, if you want to see me, you can see me in church. And so um, mm. over that time, I, you know, it wasn't the greatest motivation for going to church. Uh, it wasn't the holiest motivation for going to church, but uh, God can use those things as well. And so as I went to church to see her, what ended up happening is I heard this message that God loves me and that God wants good things for me. And um, not only from the preaching, but from the witness of other people there at church of just knowing that life transformations are possible and uh, God is in that line of work. And so that really um, built for a year of listening to that message um, until I finally said, okay, I want that. And yeah. um, I surrender. I I give up. I give up on doing it my way. God, you're in charge. So that's probably one thing uh, that that God was doing in your life that maybe you didn't recognize at the time, but you do now. Are there other things when you look back on your testimony that uh, y- 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 at the time you know, you didn't think anything about it, but it was really God working in your life? But you can see it clearly now. You know, all of those things. Um, you know, I go back. I had a very uh, good, successful career and um, on the surface had, you know, things that this world would say, gosh, what a successful guy, um, you know, had a good career, had a, a, at that time a, a blended family, but, uh, you know, four healthy, happy teenage kids, you know, a lovely home, drove a nice car had all of those resources. And so part of that, I could, I could see that God was blessing me even when I wasn't acknowledging him. And um, from that platform, God also, you know, gave me the ability to, um, you know, afford to go to counseling and to to get some good counseling um, and, you know, really set me up in a position where I could, you know, learn things that I could later use um, that I'm using now with the Ananias Foundation that uh, that I started. So, um, all of those circumstances at the time, you have no idea that God is behind that yeah. um, until, like you said, later you look back and you go, "Oh, now I get it." Right. You know, the longer people go uh, when they hear the gospel preached and don't respond, it's harder to say yes every single time, especially when, you know, you have a past like yours and it can be difficult to come to grips with, um, what are people going to think? You know, what are people going to say? How am I going to respond? What was it for you? Were you in a church service or were you at your home? What was it for you? And you finally said, you know what? I, I don't care anymore. This is God's love for me. And I know that I need him more than anything. You know, where I was, was driving my car. And um, I had been praying really, really hard uh, multiple times a day. God, I give up uh, your will, not mine. And probably did that for a week. And I was driving my car on the way home from work. And there was 
a T intersection, a stoplight, a car ahead of me that was not turning right on red, even though they could. And, you know, I'm impatiently back there tapping on the dash going, come on, right on red, right on red. <laughs> and um, I heard this voice, uh, not an audible voice, but had this thought in my head, right. Michael, why are you so impatient? And it was, it, you know, it took 30 seconds or a minute, but it was at that point where I realized that God was speaking to me and was speaking to me in that thought that was not my own that entered my head. And um, at, at that point, I realized that God was real, but also that God was in it to help me to point out and coach me through things that um, I had been doing that were not in my best interest, were damaging my relationships. And this is exactly what I'd been praying about. God, please show me how to change. Please help me make these changes. And here was lesson number one. And so that's, um, that's my story when it got real for me. It just happened to be on the commute, um, on the way home from work one day. Talking to Michael Clark, Ananias Foundation. Michael, what would you say to someone that could be in a similar situation that you were, where they have a violent past, a criminal history, things that they have a hard time forgiving themselves for? Um, I think the, the thought can easily creep into someone's mind, well, God can't forgive me for that. Uh, you know, there's no way you know, God would still love me after he knows what I've done. What would you say to, to that person? The, you know, that thought, that thought and that guilt and shame that we can carry from the past is real. And I experienced that as well. And, you know, what I would say to anybody that's in that position is, um, first of all, you can look through the Bible of story after story where um, God used broken people that had done some very bad things and yet um, forgave them and restored them and and transformed them and put them on a path of really doing his will and and serving um, the people around them. And so, uh, you know, that's evidence. Number one is to just look through the stories of restoration in the Bible and forgiveness in the Bible and how God viewed, you know, those people. And, and then the other thing is that, you know, God promises us that he forgives us, that he restores us. And, you know, I think there was a decision point for me of just saying, um, who am I going to believe? Am I going to, am I going to listen to my opinion that I can't be forgiven or am I going to listen to God's opinion? Mm. And so again, just kind of realizing God is way smarter than me, uh, way more powerful than me. And, um, you know, I really should be listening to God on this and not just listening to myself of saying, oh, you know, this isn't possible for me. Forgiveness is not possible for me. Um, no, God says it is. And so um, I'm going to trust that. Well, that's really good. That's really good. Another thing that I, I think can creep into someone's mind um, in a situation like this is, you know, once you are saved, once you have recognized that God still loves you no matter what, it, it can still be, you know, to change your lifestyle, to change your old habits and tendencies. They, those things don't go away. They're, they're still there. But uh, how difficult was it for you 
And what advice would you give when you're trying to change a lifestyle, change some of those old, old habits and, and live a life that you know, Christ calls us to? They are, um, you're right, those habits don't just instantly go away. And, um, you know, I say a little bit tongue in cheek, one of my disappointments in being saved is that God didn't make me perfect. And so I still struggle with doing things or saying things that I regret, um, not in an abusive way, but, you know, we all still trip up no matter what stage we are in our transformation no matter uh, you know how mature we are as a believer, uh, we all still fall short. And so, um, you know, that's a concept that I think just embracing what what God has promised that we are forgiven gives us um, the ability to to admit our mistakes, to recognize when we fall short, and to keep going. And I think there's actually a lot of freedom in that, that, um, you know, when, when you're, um, doing something new and you're experimenting and you know, there's no cost to messing up. Yeah. Um, it's not that you're trying to mess up, but you just, you're more likely to experiment. You know, one of the analogies I would use is, you know, digital photography. I take a lot more pictures now that I don't have to pay for the film and the development. You know, if I <laughs> yeah. take a picture and it turns out wrong, no big deal. I just yeah. delete it. And I keep going. Right. right. Yeah. So that's really that freedom that we get knowing that we're forgiven um, is that uh, when we mess up because we will is we know that, um, we are forgiven and we can keep trying to do better. I know that you have some info uh, for churches when uh, they have a domestic violence uh, case in their congregation um, and how to decide how to, how to handle those situations. Um, can you tell us more about uh, Ananias Foundation, uh, the info you do have for churches and things like that? Yeah, so there's probably two parts to that. The Ananias Foundation really is, our, our mission is to help individuals who are like me that um, realize that they are hurting somebody that they love but want to make changes. And so that's our primary mission. We know that churches are often on the front line of these situations. And so we also put together some information for pastors and church leaders um, that they can go. What we have heard from them is that they have a pretty good handle of what to do when they encounter someone who's a victim of domestic abuse, but they don't always know what to do with the person on the other side, right. uh, the person who's causing harm. And so that's our niche and that's uh the kind of information. So it's on our website, Ananias Foundation, one word, dot org slash faith. And so that's that's where you can get the resources for for uh, churches and so forth. The rest of our website is really primarily dealed for that individual who um, is looking for help changing and transforming. So, uh, you know, we have a, a process um, outlining a process for change. We um, introduce them to the transformative power of a relationship with God. Um, there's a guidebook groups that they can join 
um, a weekly email that they can get to kind of keep them on course. So there's, there's a variety of resources for that individual. But then, like you said, we have resources for churches too, to kind of help people guide, guide them through that process. Is ananiasfoundation.org, one word, ananiasfoundation.org slash faith. You can also find him on Facebook and Twitter. Just search Ananias Foundation there. He's their founder, Michael Clark. Michael, thanks so much for your time. Appreciate uh, you know you coming on, but also what you do for, for folks um, uh, in the ministry uh, of Ananias Foundation. Thanks a lot. Oh, thank you. We hope you enjoyed today's Community Spotlight, covering issues that matter to you in your community. If you have a suggestion for a future program, just call 800-330-9648. That's 800-330-9648. Be sure to join us next week for another Community Spotlight with Braxton on The Light FM.